0: Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Let's just take us... Let's take a few moments and let's just stand up to our feet again and Is the sound on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just hold out your hands. Holy, holy, holy Spirit. Just come and just rest upon us. I just ask that wow, our hearts will be at rest so that we become a resting place for the dove we don't want visitation of the dove but habitation so father just even at this very moment i'm just asking that we're going to be so overwhelmed by you that nothing else can overwhelm us i just ask even this morning for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to rest upon us. I just release Shalom. Jesus, the Prince of Shalom. Wholeness. Safe. Sound. Complete. Whole in every area of your life. I'm just going to bless the Rest, the rest, the rest of your life. <laughs> That's double for your trouble. The rest and the rest of your life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, yes. Wow, wow. Whew. It is an encouragement when you come and somebody already had a dream about what Papa God wants to do in the morning, (laughs) but the beautiful part is that we don't live from pressure, but the Father's pleasure, and there is an advantage for us in the kingdom when you wake up in the morning and you have an A-plus on your report card before you take the exam, and also even when... When some of you have things that comes against you, you realize you consider it joy when these trials comes against you because it always leads to upgrades. Yeah. So every single time that, that there's wind that comes against us, for us as Eagle Christian, it just makes us soar higher and faster. So uh, I just uh, so so grateful for the t- just the way you worship. I was just standing there and I was looking at you. And I always trust worshipers because I know what you worship is what you become like. And uh, last night, I, I could hardly sleep last night. And I'm just a little confession time. It had to do with two things. One of them, I started to get so much revelation. And it was also probably connected to the direction of what Lindy uh, was having in her dream. But it was this stirring in my spirit about what God wanted to do this morning. But uh, the second one is that after this service, uh, I'm heading up to Atlanta airport. and am jumping on an airplane. I'm going to Springfield, Missouri, spending the night. And then I'm driving over two hours to pick up a little baby puppy. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm a little nervous about poop and pee and <laughs> airplanes and a lot of things that is outside my comfort zone. I, and I'm going to go to Pakistan in about three, four weeks, and we're doing all this mission impossible. I'm not that nervous, but I'm nervous about... <laughs> <laughs> That's what, so I know I'm, I'm going to be a professor of Sharia law. That's one thing, but the puppy is another thing. That's that's another level of fate. So, uh, but it is so cute. And uh, I just thought about, just even, I uh, just thought about that even this morning, because uh, uh, some people asked me, why would you go all the way there when there is puppies in Atlanta? And, uh, and I actually saw another Boston Terrier. We already have two, but we we saw this one puppy and actually it was, My wife says, I saw. This is the first time I am picking out a dog. It's always been my wife. And then suddenly something is taking place. This impartation is taking place. And being home too often, I ended up on YouTube. And and I started to look at these Boston Terriers. And then in a moment, I, I found this one as I searched all over the country. And it just captured my heart. And then I'm paying it three, four times more than I could get the same puppy here in Warren Robbins. And the reason is desirability. And I think this is a very, because the very value of your life is all connected how much He desires you. And if you're not aware that He desires you this morning, you will not experience in the fullness and the price of what He paid because you are very, very valuable. And Jesus didn't die on the cross to make you valuable, He died on the cross because you are valuable. And I just felt so overwhelmed the way he desires. us. I was thinking also we did some house shopping with our son yesterday in some neighborhoods in Atlanta. The price is extremely high. And I was thinking, hey, you can go to Casita, Georgia and get one for one-tenth of the price. <laughs> but the reason that the prices are so high is because of the desirability of certain areas. And this is also so much connected to the father looking at his sons and daughters. And for each one of us is to know how much he desires us and to see the ultimate price that he paid for us. So when you realize the incredible price he paid for you, you also know how valuable you are. And valuable people adds value to people. And there's an upgrade for everyone that is around you when you just recognize getting a radical revelation how valuable you are to Papa God. I thought about just giving away a couple of books. We don't have any books for sale this time, but I have some books to give away. Do we have anybody that have had birthdays? Let me just see. Birthday this week? Do we have somebody? Okay. Is it your birthday today? Happy, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. And I want to, yes, let's give a good hand. And somebody else over here? Yes, Seeing Through Heaven's Eyes, hardcover, special edition. Yay! And our latest book, Healing the Orphan Spirit. Do we have anybody here with an orphan spirit? (laughs) It's confession time. Anybody here in need of an orphanectomy this morning? I'm going to throw it. I don't have insurance, so here it is. Ah... I want us to make, actually, let's stand to our feet again. We're going to just exercise a little bit this morning. Um, I'm just going to kind of a warm up my voice. We've just had a, it's, it's hard for me not to cry when I start to talk, but the last four or five weeks has been very significant in many ways. And three of the last five places, literally, we've seen the glory started to show up. And I have just... Uh, Even we were just at Zion, no, yeah, excuse me, There was, no, Oasis City Church in Columbus, and we were just talking there, and then the glory started coming in. One Filipino pastor was just taken up into the heavenly, was embraced by Papa God, was totally transformed, and we just started to see the glory of God in different places, so... There's been something new and something fresh that is different than I've seen before. And I was trying to describe it. One of them who was part of a Pensacola Revival, he says, this is a mixture of Toronto and Pensacola. I said, yes, it was almost like the pleasure, the pleasure that we got in Toronto of that wine. And, and then it was also the power, but it was also something more, as I'm saying, there was this awe in the awesomeness and some of the holiness I felt in 95 when I stood in the parking lot in Pensacola. So there was this mi- mixture of different, of previous moves of God's spirit. And I just was thinking about it this morning just for us to make some declarations and some decrees. And we were talking about, the, uh, we were talking about because we're going to, I, I kind of know where we're going to go, but I just need some help to get into it because I'm feeling that there's so many things that I'm going to try to be focused and clear. And that is that I was thinking about even as Lazarus was being raised from the dead. And then afterwards the family came together it was Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They decide we're going to have a big Jesus party. And we know this story. We often think about Mary was the one. But I was thinking about there's a lot of Marys in this room. And I watched the way you worship. And one, the reason we worship, we're all experiencing the resurrection life that Lazarus did. And if you have not, you're going to receive Jesus today. But then there's also some Martha. And I thank God for Martha. I thank God that we had the seats here. There was water on the table. There were sounds here. And Jesus never criticized Martha. The problem was when Martha started to criticize Mary, that's when the issue is. When, when we do not celebrate one another and start to tolerate one another. And so each one had different instruments, but it was also Lazarus, and it's going to be connected to the importation in the end. But Lazarus also was sharing his testimony of the transformation, and he was kind of, if you had each one of the siblings, Mary would have played a flute, and, and, and Martha, she probably had. Played the bass drum in this orchestra, and, and but I think that Lazarus, the trumpet, declaring and decreeing what Jesus was doing, and the Bible says many, many people came. So there was multiple of people that came. Many Jews came, not just to hear Jesus, but also to hear Lazarus. And I think that there is even some of the voices that God is going to restore. He's going to restore some of our innocence, and then He takes us, and I, and this is going to kind of be part of the text today. That just wrecks me but by the time you get to John chapter 13 there is this moment uh, because today is Palm Seder but I'm just kind of leaning up Palm Sunday I'm so excited about it but I just realizing now Jesus is doing something different because everybody wanted a lion a lion king And that's what they were celebrating on Palm Sunday. Here we have a king, a lion, that is going to roar and and get that, they're going to get uh, Egypt kind of, uh, excuse me, Rome, excuse me, out of this system. And we're waiting for a lion. We want a king. But instead, the lion became a lamb. And Jesus is both the lion and the lamb. And then we're going into this journey. Jesus was very different. And then in John 13 is when he gathered the disciples in the room. And he does something very significant. And I I wish we had a time to wash each one of your feet. But for me, this is wrecking me. And it is part of the text for today. And that is in John 13, verse 34 to 35. We know the story right before because Jesus saying, one of you are about to betray me. And that was the picture also when Justin also was describing. That's part of the leaning when when John actually leans in to Jesus. That's when he's leaning in. Peter is asking the question like, who is it? But why does he go to John? And John leans into the chest of Jesus. And his ears is being warmed up. The heartbeat is becoming the heartbeat of Jesus. And Jesus gives the revelation to John. And then... From that very moment that just comes in, and then Jesus says afterwards they've had communion, he washes the feet, including Judas. He's including the betrayer. He washes the feet. Or Peter that is about to deny him, he also washes the feet. So it doesn't matter where you've been and what you have done. Or if you feel any about your failures, Jesus is going to do something to you today. He's going to wash your feet. And I know some of us, as we're feeling our feet are being washed. No, you have to have your feet washed. Some of you have dirty feet, smelly feet, tired feet, broken feet. Some of you may have stomped on your feet. But something happens to our feet, a walk. And where we're walking, when Jesus is touching our feet and then it comes in and here is the verses then John 13 verse 34 to 35 and we're going to do some other declaration and we're going to start our journey together I'm going to try to not talk so fast but I'm just feeling the fire is burning today that Jesus says as I have loved you as I have loved you as I have loved you love one another And that's how they're going to see that you are my disciples, that you are true followers. This has just been, I can't get rid of these verses for me. It is the way that he has loved me, the way that Barabbas free, Barabbas frees because I'm heading to the Middle East. And there's some of those radicals that is hurting our brothers and sisters. And for me to coming in and saying, let those radicals, I take their death sentence. The ones that are raping our people, the ones that are burning down their churches. Could you place all of that on me so that they can become free? It's a different way. The golden rule is you do unto others what you want others to do to you. But this is the diamond rule. It's the upgrade where he says, now as I have loved you, you're going to love one another. And that's, that's how the people around are going to see who we are. This is the move of the Spirit. This, the, the baptism of love 2.0 is to be able to experiencing that. So I just want you to make a couple of declarations with me. Say, Jesus was punished, Jesus was punished. So, I am forgiven. so I am forgiven. Jesus was made sin, Jesus was made sin. with my sinfulness. So that, so that I would be made righteous with His righteousness. With his righteousness. Jesus, died my death. Jesus died my death so I could receive His life. So I could receive his life. Jesus, endured my Jesus endured my poverty so I could share in His abundance. So share in his abundance. Jesus, bore my shame. Jesus bore my shame so I could receive His glory. So receive his glory. Jesus endured my rejection so that I will have his acceptance, so his acceptance. With, Papa with Papa God. Jesus would make curse, would make curse. So, that so that I will enter into all of his blessings. Jesus became an orphan. Became an orphan. For a moment he said, Ali, Ali, Lama, Sabbatani. Before then he always called him Papa, Father. But at this moment he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Me. For a moment, he was separated from perfect love so that you and I can be restored back again to perfect love. The very love that he had had with the Father from the beginning. For a moment, he became an orphan so that you and I can be sons and daughters of glory. That's what actually killed him. For a moment, he was separated from the perfect love so that you and I can be restored back to that Perfect love. So, Father, I just release even today the baptism of love 2.0. Let us experience Father, even Ephesians 1:4, that even before the foundation of the world, I knew you. So who are you? Who were you before the foundation of the world? Who are you? You together there with the Father, Son, and with the Holy Spirit, and there you are, before the fall, before creation, there you are, and you are. Blameless, and you were holy, and you were predestined in love. Congratulations, you started out in love, you started out in glory, what sin made you fall short of glory, what Jesus came was to restore you back again to that glory, a place where there is no anxiety, a place of no fear, a place of no chronic pain, Jesus came to save that which was lost, Luke 19.10. So Father, just for the next 25 some minutes, I'm just asking you for a spirit of, whoa, revelation, say revelation. Importation and activation. activation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Woo! I'm gonna to try to behave today. <laughs> Are you guys okay? I'm just getting messed up. Whoa. If I'm gonna mention, if I'm gonna call my sermon something today, I would call it mastering love, the master way. Let me say that one more time, mastering love, the master way. To say it in another way is living and loving just like Jesus. The Father, he loves us just the way we are, but he refuses for us to stay that way because he wants us to be just like Jesus. And I do believe that there is a whole move of God's spirit. I mentioned in the last five weeks, and I just got a little video Two weeks ago, we have a team in the Philippines. There's a village, there where about 90% of the people in this village, the adults were alcoholics of the male. There was severe abuse that was going on. The children didn't go to school. They were actually selling pieces of candy and picking up bottles. And they were just doing whatever, even these small little kids, just to be able to survive. And uh, I had the honor on our last trip to actually pray and minister. And I still remember the whole floor was covered with these children. I'm talking about four, five, six, up to about 12 years old. A whole group of children had an encounter. But these children, as I'm saying, they have gone back again. And they have been so transformed. They have learned how to host heaven. And revival has actually broken loose. One of our people who has experienced Jesus washing her feet. And now she goes and washes people's feet. She has experienced to receive love. But not just receive love. Become love and as a result now she releases love but it is his love which is a love without a hook a love without any agenda a love that transform and transform people bring transformation to people a love that sets you free because free people sets people free and the story, I actually just was weeping because I was seeing there about several hundred children, and they had masks on all over, just worshiping. But I could see, I could see the glory on those children. But now, home after home after home are being transformed. The alcoholics are no longer alcoholics; they are now serving Jesus. And homes, marriages are being restored. The addiction is being broken. And they were just telling me the children are back in school, and they are becoming A students. And the school teacher cannot understand it because there's such a transformation. Because they have renewed their mind. Yes, let's give Jesus a good hand. Because Jesus came to save that which was lost. And then there was a waterfall in this area for over 30 years, it's been dry. And then the children just went to Papa's children. And I think that's why we need to be like them and to be a little bit more childlike and innocent. But these children heard that one of the part of the curses that happened was the whole land. And the fishing industry is so polluted. So the children started to pray. And guess what? Jesus started to heal that bit of water and fish is coming back. And then the children started to pray. And now I just got the video, I had the picture where the waterfall has come back as a sign for the whole region. Because creation is moaning and groaning for the manifestation of the sun. Sons and daughters to be revealed. Where are the sons? Where are the daughters? I've been on this long journey. I'm just going to be sharing a little bit. Being a papa in uh, uh, I've been on this journey where I still remember to be among the multitudes that got to be around Jesus. And even there's people online or people in this room, and, and there's a lot of crowds around Jesus. Even as you're coming into the Palm Sunday, as I say, when they wanted a lion, and we all wanted a victories, we want to breakthrough, we want, wow, we want everything that Jesus is going to do for us. But then the temperature started to change when realizing, and by the way, I, I thought about all these beautiful donkeys in this place and i was just thinking about i want to be one of those donkeys that is going to carry the king into the middle east in three weeks and i want each one of us to be donkeys but just imagine in heaven when we're going to see the movie of this guy that took the donkey and gave it to jesus and just what a donkey can do to bring jesus in and change an environment And I just wanted to be one of those donkeys. If you can just, Jesus, use me in whatever way you want to. And just I'm just like a coin in your hand. My life belongs to you. And I'm back again to this place of just total surrender. Because the place of total surrender is the place of freedom. It is the place of divine exchange. And the things that we've been holding on to in the last 18 months that's being shook. He's shaking those things so that we're going to let go of them. But he is actually building something that is unshakable in our lives. So I've been on this journey. Say multitudes. And then I remember June 6, 1995, when Dr. Randy Clark came to Norway. And I got to experiencing something more. I was not just part of the crowds. I got to be able to be invited to be part of a group of people. And that's the story when Jesus had 72. Say 72. And now he imparted them, and they got to going out. They were part of his ministry school. Two and two, they went out with signs, wonders, and miracles. I love that you get to experiencing that with Jesus. But then he also had the 12. Say 12. Now you're moving from people just going on a date with Jesus to be married with Jesus. And there's a lot of people that are very frustrated because you are still coming for another date with Jesus and you have prophecy and you also have you have prophecy and you have promises over your life but you have forgotten your wedding band. And if you do not realize that you're married to him, so it's like he maybe have a word over you that you're going to have a child a year from now. But what he means with that is that you are going to get married and meeting somebody else that is a believer. Then you're going to become one with them. Then you're going to be naked. Then you're going to be intimate. That's what that means. It is a covenantal. So the promise and the prophecy is connected to covenant. And it is very frustrating for people when you're coming with convenient or contractual relationship that is connected more to an orphan heart. When we're coming to Jesus, having all these words over our life, but we forget the wedding ban. And you maybe have the robe that takes you to heaven, but the ring brings heaven to you. So a lot of the kingdom, we are doing it without the wedding ban. And we're just going for another date with Jesus. And either you like the date or didn't like the date. Well, he's looking for the wedding band. And you cannot have intimacy with him without covenant. But then I still remember from the signs, wonders, and miracles, June 6, 1995. And it's been an incredible journey of traveling the world. But I knew there's still something missing. And then of the 12 that Jesus had, he had three. Say three. And then among those three, who were they? Peter. James and, say that again, say. So you have the multitudes, you have the 72, you have the 12, but now you have a smaller group of people. And of those three, when it comes to Jairus, when his daughter was being raised from the dead, he didn't invite the multitudes, he didn't invite the 72, not even the 12, it was only the three. At the Mount of Transfiguration, when the glory was there, it was only the three. And there was many other things that you can see, what the three got the experience that the 12 didn't, and the 72 didn't, and the multitudes didn't. And for quite a few years, I was kind of a puzzle with that. And it was in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, the first time the glory came. And I got the experience in the Mount of Transfiguration. And it's been about 12 times since. But I still remember when that glory came into that room. And we couldn't move for over two hours. We were just glued of the weightiness. Paul Yado and the Filipino were a small group. The glory came in. And I'm starting to sense that again. And there's something here about the glory. Light penetrates darkness, but the glory penetrates gross darkness. And I believe we are living in a season. We're going to learn how to do glory management more than sin management. Because if you're going to go from glory to glory, the starting place has to be Glory. But to do that, you need to see you the way that he sees you. And then we're moving into the next level. And I just feel because there was somebody that had something that the tree didn't have. Wow. And who was that? I have a Bible here that is almost torn up. I'm afraid to open it because it has been so worn and pages starts to be missing. But I I can't start another one. And the place that is torn the most is the book of John. If I had an opportunity to be any person in the whole Bible, I mean, you have kings and you have warriors and from giant slayers. You have deliverers like Moses. You have all these amazing people. But I would choose John. John is my hero. And I have many different reasons for it. But there is something here that I feel, even as we're moving into this season today, that is connected, I think, to what God wants to do. And he's doing it in my life. It started about 10 years ago. Uh, We were doing an event, and a lot of our friends, like Heidi, George, and we were doing an event in Colorado. And some of you heard me share this story. But it was actually a moment where I was very tired. And I want you to know that that's the biggest weapon of the enemy in this season is fatigue. And the enemy is trying to wear you out. And he's trying to just make sure your emotional tank goes down long enough, so then he pushes the button of fear. And then it is failure and then forsaken. So he can isolate you. And then he starts to harass you. So this is the weapon of the enemy. He starts with fatigue. Say fatigue, fatigue. fear, fatigue. failure, yes. forsaken. Yes. So I had been from city to city. we just done a big healing school. And by the time I got to Colorado, I can be honest, I didn't want to be in this conference. It was a large conference and, and everybody had high level of expectancy. And again, I didn't have much to give, and I could feel kind of a, it was red on my emotional tank. And I missed my beautiful wife, Jennifer. I missed my home church. I missed being home. I, I missed family, and I've been on the road, and touched me, blessed me, filled me. And night after night, you're just ministering to people, and you're pouring out oil. And you try to go into the secret place to get a secret, but then everybody wants the secret afterwards. And you realize that many people don't know how to cultivate oil themselves. So they're coming to purchase oil for you. And there was a season for that, but that season is shifting. Because we're moving into a season where oil is going to be very expensive. (laughs) And if you want to burn brightly without burning out, you need to make sure that you take time to go into that secret place with your lover. Because the one you are with is the one you become like. The one you're beholding is the one you're becoming. So that you are cultivating oil, oil, oil of intimacy. And then the fire will touch the oil. So you will get on fire and you will be a light. And you will burn brightly without burning out. Because you're burning oil, 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 not flesh. By being aware of your emotional tanks. So anyway, I'm there in Colorado and it was a late night and I was trying to get, take care of Heidi to get her out. It was 1230 at night and I'm exhausted and I'm realizing that I'm in trouble because I start to not like people. <laughs> I, I feel like my lamb is dying and my lion is about to eat somebody. And this is a true story. The last person, the last person that came up to me, the last person came and said, hey, hey, Brother Leif, could you just pray for me? And I'm about to go to my room. and already been finished a long time ago. And I'm like, I will touch you. But when I pray for you, it is going to be flesh. <laughs> so if you want an impartation, I will impart flesh. But I don't have any Holy Spirit to give you. <laughs> and the person kind of backed out a little bit. I just wanted to be honest. I didn't have anything to give. And I just realized that I've not done my exercises. I've not been with Jesus. I've not been able to be with my family. All the things that I'm supposed to be able to do, I've not done because I've just been burning up oil. So I went to my room kind of in desperation and couldn't sleep much that night. And the next morning is Mother's Day. And I'm just, uh, I want to be home. I want to be home. And I'm supposed to speak that afternoon. And there's a high level of expectancy. And, oh, we have... uh, Dr. Leif Hetland, the ambassador of love, and da, 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 da. And uh, I'm sneaking up to my room, and I have a little yoga mat, not because I do yoga, but because a lot of the carpets in the hotels are dirty, so I find a place to <laughs> soak in the presence of God. So I decided I, I need something, Jesus. I need something fresh for this afternoon. So I'm laying there at Crown Plaza Hotel alone, and then just, oh, I need you, Jesus, and I'm just... I'm playing my violin a little bit. I'm whining instead of shining. And I'm just crying. Out. And then I'm soaking. And have Alberto and Kimberley. That usually works. Alberto and Kimberley Rivera. Absolutely nothing. I try to open up my Bible. Absolutely nothing. Then I do little warfare tongues. I'm in my room. Oh, I bind and I rebuke. And before I've rebuked every spirit in Colorado and America and around the world, that's like... There's absolutely nothing. There's just noise. There is not that still small voice. There was the time in the fire and the time there was also in the wind. But in this season, there was that still small voice. So what are some of the things you have to silence so that you can hear that still voice of Papa God? Finally, I'm coming to a place where the time is short. It's about an hour not even eaten and I'm supposed to come down and get ready with a sound check and about to speak to all of those people and I'm getting a little bit more desperate and I feel the Holy Spirit said Leith could I entrust you with my mother I'm like that's a weird thought I'll bind you in the name of Jesus must be one of these Catholic spirits or something is coming in there by the way, I love the Catholic Church, so I'm, uh, I'm honoring the Catholic Church. But it was like, then it, the whisper happened again. Life, could I entrust you with my mother? It's like, stop. So finally, I thought, I get a word of knowledge right there and then. So I thought, oh, okay, I know how to solve this problem. I, I know how to silence. I call my mom. Because it is Mother's Day. Gratulerer med morstag. Don't look at me that way. I thought you were spirit-filled. <laughs> okay, let me give you the interpretation. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you and I miss you so much. And especially that almond cake with yellow cream. Oh, I like this sound a mighty rain. Then I call my wife also and say, Happy Mother's Day. I miss you sweetheart. And I think this is over by now. And then I'm realizing, and if you have your Bible, John chapter 19 and verse 26 and 27. And we're going to go after something today. Because now I have been on this journey and I'm still on the journey. He's just bringing this fresh. And the last night he started to drill me deeper to that encounter that was a seed. But now it is about to be birthed forth. And I think that's I'm not satisfied to be just among the crowds, not just with the signs, wonders and miracles and to be sent out, not even just to be part of a covenant community and among the 12, not just to have what the three got to have. I'm very grateful I celebrate it because he's invited me into something more that I believe he's inviting every single one of us today. I don't know if you capture that. This was not something exclusive that was just for John. But I want you to capture something. According to how comfortable you are with love is how comfortable you are with God. And if there is any love deficiency, there is also God deficiency. And you will fill that up with something else. And I had had a baptism of love and I knew how much he loved me and I loved the world. I'm willing to kiss my wife and my family to go by and go into the darkest places. I've sacrificed, but there was still something missing. There's still a black hole in my soul. And I knew that he's inviting me into something. And that's what I believe he's inviting us into today. And it's one of those missing pieces that I believe he's restoring in this season. And I was certainly a realizing as I laid on the floor, this thing where behold, mother this is your son. Behold, son, this is your mother. Jesus was looking at the disciple whom he loved. And he's looking at John and he looks at his mama. And now you are at the cross. Where is the rest of the disciple? Palm Sunday is easy for us in church to be here in the present, be here in the glory, to be in this environment when he is blessing us and healing us with good homes, with everything. But when we leave Friday and we're heading towards a Thursday, later on we're getting to a Friday. Where are we? We like the message of sonship until you get to the fellowship of His suffering. That is also connected to reigning with Him. We were like Sunday without Friday. We like the Savior, but not the Lord. And I'm not here to rebuke anybody, but I'm just speaking to myself. There's something I believe that He is after, and there was something that John captured. I'm not there But I'm moving there in this season, I think that COVID-19 and everything that has happened in the last year is an invitation for me to head towards something that I believe he is inviting. And last night I got more and more download and I just recognizing that he's inviting us in, all of us to be able to be part of that. So first of all, He looking at his mama says, behold, mama, this is your son. Then he's looking at John and saying, behold, son, this is your mother. And at that moment, John changed his apostolic calendar. He canceled the travel. He canceled everything. And what he did, he stewarded and he took care of what was the most valuable to Jesus. Amen. Would you, would you, would you, would Leif Hetlan, would you be one that could be entrusted what is the most valuable to Jesus in this season? And some of us, we're too busy. Otherwise, we maybe have to clean our house. We maybe have to reorganize our life. But that's exactly what is taking place in this season. He is looking for a culture that is going to change culture. But they, whoa, he's looking for a family that is going to host, not just getting the fire, but healthy fireplaces. Where the fire will continue to burn. And then the wind will start to spread the fires. So I started to look at that, and then I was realizing, when you look at the book of Matthew, Matthew never says, I'm the one that he loves. (laughs) Read the book of Mark. I mean, John Mark should know. But Mark never says, to whom the disciple Jesus loved. Then you read Dr. Luke, who also wrote the book of Acts. I'm reading that gospel. I never find Luke saying, I'm the one that he loves. They knew how much Jesus loved them. And I know there's people in this room, you maybe had a baptism of love. You have experiencing how much the Father loves you, how much Jesus loves you. You've been changed by that love. And some of you even start to love your neighbor. But there's something missing, there's a missing piece because your neighbors out there still do not know who He is. Because we have not yet followed what Jesus did, loving the people the way that He loves us. And I'm not talking about something we're gonna go out and do, I'm talking about something we're gonna to receive today so that we can become it, so that we can give it. Are you okay? I know I'm a little intense, it's just. But would you, for me, it's a new nation. We're looking at the hundred darkest places in the world. One of our members is helping me to map the hundred darkest places on the globe. Because when Lindy read Revelation 7:9, there they are from Nepal. There they are from North India. There they are, represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language. They're going to be in heaven to do that. They need experiencing Jesus here on earth. Because he is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by him. Anyway, so here we are. Are you ready for the school? How many here would like to experience? This is my biggest desire for the rest of my life. It's not the nation, it is for me to be living fully loved, just like John. The only other person I find is Jesus. The Father loved the Son. Say that with me. The Son loves the Spirit. The Spirit loved the Son. The Son loves the Father. But the Son loved the Son the way the Father loves the Son. Jesus loved Jesus the way the Father loved Jesus. Peter knew how much he loved him. James knew how much he loved him. The 12 knew how much he loved him. The 72 knew how much he loved him. The multitude knew how much they loved him. Different levels of love that they're experiencing. But there was something about John. I mean, here you have John, the son of thunder. John was a lion. John wanted fire from heaven to destroy the ones that wouldn't receive Jesus. I mean, John is a lion until he meets the lamb. And Jesus was a lion that became a lamb so that we can become lamb that becomes lions. I'm heading somewhere. He's enlarging the lamb's heart. And I encourage you, I know we didn't have the video. I'm doing an interview series if you're going on my channel. But I'm interviewing, I just had Bob Hazlitt and David Wagner. I have Sean Boltz and Patricia King this month asking about heart prophecies coming from love. I want to find a love prophet that is roaring as lions, but they come with a lamb's heart. Because there's a lot of people roaring as lions, but people are scattering instead of gathering because the lamb is not there. And what he's doing in this season and the shaking, the lamb is melting us. When I'm looking at the lamb, you're getting broken over the things that is broken. And the last few weeks we've been all over. I went on to Louisiana to the second poorest state, to the second poorest region, and we were there, and one of the first one I got to hug, we described as an African-American woman, she died of an overdose a few weeks earlier, but the pastor just released after over two hours being dead, and she was raised from the dead, and she was one of the first one I got to hug in that meeting, and then I saw there was still so much trauma everywhere, even after all the healings and everything else. And then I woke up the Saturday, my wife, we were sitting there and having breakfast. And then I heard the word PTCD. And I was wondering, PTSD, post-traumatic church disorder. <laughs> I thought it was very strange. And I saw the wife and the husband of the, the pastors there, wonderful friends, the leadership, everybody. 70% of the people, I'm not talking to be hurt by church. I am talking about the same thing. And I'm interviewing one of the top doctors in PTSD to see that the same symptoms is happening, happening with us. And I didn't realize I carried that for over 18 years. I've had PTSD from the Middle East, from Congo, from Sudan and different places. This is the same thing. And I've had it when certain things have happened and there's trauma in your life and the enemy pushes that button. You're getting around certain things and you feel it again. 70% 70% of the church stood to their feet. And when the love came in, this mass freedom is taking place. That's the same healing that is happening. And I know a lot of us, we've been hurt. We've been crucified by Christians. We've been through a journey. And John was one of those that would hurt. John would be one of those lions. John was one of those getting the fire. But through this journey, because the one you're with is the one you become like. So this lion starts to hang out with a lamb. And in the next three months, years as he's hanging out with a lamb something is changing in his nature because the one he is with is the one he's becoming like and he's not even realizing first he recognized how much Jesus loves him just like Peter and the rest of them but there's something else that he captured that I had not captured even with my baptism of love Leif Hetland has not learned how to love Leif Hetland the way the father loves Leif Hetland John loved John the way Jesus loved John. Wow. I just wrote here, John understood. John understood that Jesus' heart burned within him for John. Let me say that again. John had a revelation that Jesus' heart was on fire and was burning for John. And when John captured not just how much he was loved by Jesus, but John loved Jesus the way... John loved Jesus, but also John started to love John the way that Jesus loved John. It changed everything. Transformation took place. And I feel this is going to be part of the upgrade and we're going to see that journey today. I know we have just a few minutes and we're going to pick up the children. Follow me for about six, seven more minutes. Are you guys okay? And if you need to pick up the children, but I just sensing here, the first thing with John, why John? Why not his brothers? I mean, his brothers are supposed to, according to Middle Eastern culture. Why would Jesus choose John? And again, because John loved John the way Jesus loved John. Jesus knew it was the same way as if Jesus was there himself. That's how he's, she's going to be taken care of. Who's going to be trusted with his revival? We sang about the harvest, and I felt that it was so clear about the harvest. But he's raising up these harvester that have learned to love themselves the way that he loves them. That's the only safety guard that you have. If we're going to love our neighbors, we love ourselves. There's a limitation how the world around us is going to experience in Jesus based upon. And you say, that sounds selfish. No, that's selfless. That's selfless love. The one that would wash the feet of the enemy. The one that says, no, I know what you deserve, but I take that on me. That's a different way of living and loving. And I know that you have some video camera. I hope I don't mess up too much, but I have to come closer. I'm getting a little wrecked here. Say identity. identity. Five different times John described, and I could give you all the scripture references, but in the book of John, John says it about John, I'm the one that he loves. To whom the disciple Jesus loved, I'm his favorite one. I believe that everybody, before you leave this building into the rain, as we're going to experience in heavenly rain, that every one of you is going to be able to look in that mirror for the next 30 days and see you the way he sees you. Thinking about you the way he thinks. That's called a renewed mind. Say what he has to say about you because that is the truth. There may be things that is true, but it is not the truth. And knowing the truth will set you free. And then for you to love you the way that he loves you. Wow. What would that look like in every area of your life? Say with me. Say identity. Say I am the one that he loves. Say intimacy. Say intimacy. I love this. <sighs> no. More, Lord. More. <laughs> Whoa. Sure intimacy John was the one when other people are asking question one of you are about to betray me but John he just comes and find a place where he belongs I'm sorry because again this is what Lindy's word was do you know how to lean do you know how to lean John, when everybody is asking question, COVID nineteen, racial tension, all of the things that's going on, the economy, the election, all of the political, and at that moment you know exactly when you don't know what to do, you know where to go. You're leaning into your beloved, and your ears is being warmed up by his heartbeat. Your heart starts to find his rhythm for what is taking place, and you are getting the revelation. Peter didn't get the revelation. The groups didn't get the revelation. John got the revelation because John loved John the way that Jesus loved John. Are you capturing it? The third one was fellowship of the suffering. Where are the disciples when things are tough and hard? And it has hurt me and it's broken my heart to see people when things are so difficult, they are running away from him instead of following him to the cross. And all the disciples left, all the apostles left. It was not that they didn't have good intention. But intention doesn't take you to destiny. Direction does. So I'm heading to the airport. I'm going north. But if I start to drive south, you can pray for me, but I'm still going south. You can fast for me. I'm still going south. And you still have to keep your eye on that cross. And I don't understand it. And I know that it is not you, Jesus, that is supposed to be on the cross. I am the one that is supposed to be on the cross. And the picture that I saw with John when he was there, I'm laying on the floor on the mat, and I see like a movie where John. John is there, tears flowing. And John is like, no, Jesus, I am that lamb, but I'm a guilty lamb. You are the innocent. I'm the one that needs to be slaughtered. I am the one that is supposed to be on the cross. And Jesus just looks at him. He's like, leave it alone. Barabbas free i take the place. And John is getting wrecked. And it was not just John, but John was the only apostle plus women. So thank you, ladies. <laughs> but where are the apostles? Where are the people when you get to Friday? But John was there also on this Saturday. And it was a long Saturday for him. But he was the first one at the grave. He was the first one to experience the resurrection with two women. And that was when the first time you have ordination in scripture. Well, Jesus ordained two women. Right. And the message was to apostles and to men. Right. Because the first voice that the enemy tried to silence was the first voice Jesus restored right. the voice of women. Oh. But then you're coming in and we're landing this the stewardship. Why John? And I just could see the picture of John suddenly taking Mary. And Mary is, look, that's your son. That's your mother. And John now brings Mary home. And in the middle of what is taking place, it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture. I start to have humor. I'm laying on the mat there. And I start to laugh because in a moment, I was thinking about John, even with some humor, telling Mary, Hey, Mary, tell me, how was it the first time you changed the diaper of God? (laughs) And then I'm sort you of, know, remember the 12 year old boy running home to Mama and says, Mama, Mama, I don't want to play with Jesus anymore. He always thinks he's right. <laughs> well, not a boy that is just coming home, it's been playing basketball against Jesus, and it's like playing against God Himself. I'm just laying there and thinking about all those moments, sitting at the fireplace, having the stew, all the things that John got to experiencing about Jesus, even the 30 years before he met him, hearing about the story, experiencing the story, being changed by that, just even falling more in love with Jesus and seeing how Jesus learned in the natural obedience before he was baptized in water and in the spirit and in love was what led into the wilderness to be tested, came out of the wilderness full of the spirit and he started his ministry and John, he is in love. Whoa! And then the last picture that I saw here, he was entrusted, and I believe that that's what God, maybe that's the business, maybe it is a nation for some of you. I don't know what promises or prophetic words, but would you be entrusted what is the most valuable to him? And the last picture I saw, and that is John is old. Now you're on the island of Patmos. Everybody else has been killed. They tried to kill John. In Alexandria, they boiled him, but he continued, love never gives up. And then eventually on the island of Patmos, John is there and he thinking about Mary, and Mary is gone. He's thinking about Mary. He's thinking about Jesus. He's thinking, and he's reflecting. He is meditating. He's being overwhelmed. He's there, long beard, and there's thunder, and there's lightning. And as he is there on the island of Patmos, suddenly the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is not just a Christ in a manger. This is the cosmic Christ who rules and reigns the universe. He's coming to this island and he opened up the curtains in the revelation. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then he sees 24 times in Revelation Jesus' is lamb and only one time lion. Revelation 5. And the only time he becomes a lion, the lion becomes a lamb. I just believe. A simple invitation today when Lindy shared. I want us all to stand to our feet. And I know this was a quick version. I just heard that he, he said that a holy seal will be awakened at a moment when you receive his love. And you love you the way he loves you. Could you, Vanessa, help me or somebody just, or if they can just play. But I felt the picture was very clear. And I know I have to go to the airport in an hour and we're picking up children. But something, and I'm going to just slow down and take the time here. I just feel that he wants to do something with us today. And the picture I saw when the offering plates was there, I knew this was an invitation for all of us to coming into this place. It is a place of freedom. It is a place of exchange. It is when you become a coin in your hand, I have this one life to live and so much love to give. I just place myself and I just felt, I saw these offering baskets and I was wondering, are we supposed to take another offering? And he said, yes, but this time your life is going to be the offering. And it's an expensive offering, but I felt it needed to happen again. And I saw these big offering baskets and it is just when I'm taking my life and I surrender myself totally to him and allowing what John got to experience. Not just how much he loves me, but then for me, to love me the way that he loves me. Wow. And then from that very place, I can take that and I can love this radical Muslim with an unconditional love, because that's what I've received. Then I can wash the feet of Judas, because that's what he does. It is loving with his kind of a love. We're getting rid of racial tension. We're getting re- rid of all the division. This love unifies. And it is sending a tsunami wave of love that Bob Jones prophesied that it's going to open up the one billion sons and daughters harvest. I don't know if you're getting it and if it is getting you, but he wants to do something. And I know that we do not always have masks and I'm safe, but I want you to find a place and take a step in just a couple of minutes. Father, I just thank you so much for my family. And I just have to confess in my own life that... Sometimes I put myself in the offering plate and then I step out again. But I do want to be in that place and saying, I have this one life to live and have so much love to give that I just want to entrust you with my life. I belong to you. I surrender all to you. And I want you, Jesus, whoa, just to come and wash my feet again. And then I'm going to just lean into your heart to experience your heartbeat. I would like you just to take a step. If you want to come up front or fill up any of these areas, find an offering plate. And we're just going to surrender. Maybe that's that business. Maybe it is that whiting project. Maybe it is your marriage. But just you're going to totally surrender. It's a place of exchange. It's a place of total trust. It's a place when you can rely in a good God. And there's a few people I wanted also just to pray for. So I just want to also, if I can get a couple of people around me. Wow. Holy, holy, holy love. (laughs) It's a holy, holy, holy love. Because God is love. Would you, and you don't have to be in the front, but I just want you to take a step out from where you're at, wherever you are. Even if you do sideways or something, it just means there's an offering plate there. But you can trust Him. You can trust Him with your life. It's the safest place you can be. Isn't that offering plate? And if I can have a couple of people to be with me, yeah. We're just going to take a few moments and we're going to just worship and we're going to just ask to rest and receive. We don't even need to help him. But I want the prayer of your heart. Don't be satisfied to be out there among the multitudes. Even if you're not saved, you don't have to go through this long process. You can come right into where John was just write to Jesus and be in agreement at one man in covenant with Jesus and says Jesus I choose to love me the way that you love me holy holy holy